Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Um, yeah, got some time, so I said I'd pop on with another Matthias Cunha uh, video after doing the Vedant, uh, Vedat uh, Mariki video this morning. Uh, it seems to be all strikers that Villa are linked with at, at this moment in time. And I think, as we all know, that that is an area of focus for this team. It's an area that I hope gets better because... Um, as I say, goals win games, and and that's something that uh, I'm sure Emery will want to we will want to have going forward. Aston Villa's season so far has been truncated with regards to goals that we've gotten them in fits and starts, and there was there was um some there was a time when we actually only had six goals in the league, and that isn't good enough. So to score goals is something that this team is going to need to do, um, for obvious reasons, but. Um, I want to take a little look and I want to talk about this guy first because um, I'm not 100% sure where I stand with him. Um, he's somebody that I've looked at. I think I think uh, be- before we get into the actual look at what this guy actually does, and he does some things absolutely really well. Um, Atletico Madrid recently have really plumped on potential in certain players, specifically in the striking department. So when, I, when Atletico Madrid signed the likes of Luis Suarez, they were looking for him to be a holdover to cover off the potential um, growth of the likes of Cunha that's coming in here and João Felix um, that's now playing at the World Cup. And I think it's fair to say that for all the hype and and, and um, potential that the likes of uh, Cunha and uh, João Felix has, um, I'm still yet to yet to see whether they're going to be these world beaters that everybody thinks they are. Now, people might take that as a negative with regards to uh, with regards to what I'm going to say about this guy, but I think that 
this guy obviously came in with less fanfare than the likes of Joe Felix did uh, to to Atletico Madrid. But I think that um, he's a very, very interesting character to look at uh, when you look at him playing. He's gotten very few minutes. He's find, find, found time difficult to come by for Atletico this year. And uh, I think the footballing fraternity sees him as, as, as having all this potential, all the potential in the world. He's 22 years of age, 20, 23 years of age, I think, maybe. No. And uh, I think it's fair to say that he hasn't realized a lot of his potential, specifically since moving to La Liga. So um, it might be an opportunity cost that Aston Villa might see with this player. Um, I'm sure Emery is going to know him inside out from being in La Liga. And, and I think that... Um, there's a lot of positives you could take from looking at him. Do I think he'll sign for Aston Villa? I, I don't know. Absolutely no idea. I know he's been linked with a lot of clubs. Clubs still hold him in very high regard for with regards to his potential. Manchester United were talking about signing him in the in the, the summer just past. I don't know whether you think that that's a positive or a negative on his ability. Um, but I know other La Liga teams were looking at him as well. Um, as I say, he is a, a, a Brazilian international and... Um, uh, he's somebody I think that's kind of he broke onto the scene very early with with uh, I can't pronounce it it's S I O N Cyan uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it the Swiss team and then he racked, rat, rattled up uh, after a good season with them he racked, rocked up it uh, in the Bundesliga with Leipzig obviously went down to Hertha Berlin where he really made his name and then from Berlin went on then to uh, to Atletico Madrid uh, so he's moved around clubs he's gotten a good footballing education but what I think you could probably label Acuna is maybe he's gotten an education in too many places so far and he needs to settle down somewhere and he needs to be utilised because as I say at 23 and a half years of age uh, it's, he's going to want to find his niche I suppose and where he's going to fit in. The Premier League could very easily be that place and I'm going to be honest with you when you look at him uh, and look, do a statistical analysis of him. He comes in very, very similar to Alexander Isaac, who signed for however many million, was it 50 million, 60 million for Newcastle United? It just doesn't have the goals. He's had a similar similar career trajectory for him as him, but he just hasn't got the goals. But what he does have that's similar to uh, Alexander Isaac is that he has a... Um, that, that, uh, that he has the same kind of engine, he's the same... The same kind of he plays the same way, gets around the field very well, utilizes his feet very well. He's not going to be, he's not the same height as him, um, but but he's got that type of that kind of engine, that kind of motor on him, the kind of the the creativity that that somebody like an Alexander Isaac has. Um, not comparing the two of them directly, but I'm trying to tell you that those that are of the similar age, um, they're of a similar age to play in quite similar positions. Isaac has gotten more of a run of games and is able to put together more goals than this guy. But I think that this guy has some similarities to that type of player. Um, so let's take a little look at him uh, as, and and see what he offers to the um, to the situation. So let me pop up my. So he's been linked to us by Matteo Moreto. If you are, guys believe in the tiering system of the, I want to say believability of sports commentators or sports reporters or whatever. Matteo Moretto comes in the second tier, which is uh, obviously the second tier down of five tiers. He's been uh, known to be of good standing, have good good links, good sources, and to be a good source of um, of information. 
As I say, he's the only the only person reporting this at the moment. How true it is, I don't know, but he's an interesting player. And we're all, as you know, whenever we come across interesting players or whenever we come across players that we think may fit into Aston Villa, or maybe even if they don't, it's it's good to talk about these players. So if you're somebody who doesn't think he's going to sign, watch on and try and find out how this player plays. This isn't us saying that we are going to sign him. It's more an, more an exercise into seeing how he could potentially fit into the team. Um, so I've got some statistics here on uh, Mateus Cunha. We can see here on my radial graph, um, you can automatically see what he's going to bring to the team. He's very much a creator type of striker. He plays as a center forward, inside forward, wide forward. It's a forward position. He's not so much a winger and don't let that guy don't get that kind of confused with somebody like a Leon Bailey. He's not that latent winger. He's more of a creative force that plays up top in in a two, I think. And that's why I'm more and more I'm getting kind of drawn to, to the players that we're being linked with. And most of these could be absolute horse manure. Who knows? But uh, I think it's pretty much known value that, that Una Emery is going to be uh, signing a striker of some sort, whether it be in January. I'm, I would imagine he will try and get one in January. If not, it will be in the, in the, in the uh, summer transfer window. But... What, what I'm what I'm interested to see here is that us going to a two up top, number one would be pretty alien in the Premier Premier League because we don't see an awful lot of just straight two up top uh, formations uh, going on at the moment. I know there are maybe one or two of them out there, but it's an interesting piece. But I think what that will do is I think he's seen this to utilize um, a, a way to occupy center halves and also he wants to get certain types of players in there. And, and the great thing about playing two up top is you can be very much... Um, it can be very much, uh, I suppose, uh, uh, tactically fluid when you play two two strikers up top. Now, yes, you do need to have an unbelievably industrious midfield. That's why we've seen four two 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 situation with Aston Villa at the moment. That's why we've seen sometimes four midfielders, four central midfielders in there in, in that midfield because you do need to get through an awful lot of work. Your fullbacks need to be disciplined, and this is all stuff that we're going to hopefully see Emery implement uh, as the weeks and months go on. Albeit we didn't see anything near that in Cardiff last night. But as I say, we all know why that match was there and it was for a great cause and it was more so to get minutes into the legs. So um, where would Mateus Cunha fit in? As I say, he's six foot, he's right footed. Um, you can see his heat map down there. He does tend to kind of drift around the field an awful lot. He hasn't gotten an awful lot of game time. We can see there he's had 40 games over the last 365 days. Of those 40 games, he's only started eight. Um, of those 40 games, though, he's contributed six goals and six assists with a goal every 0 0.33 um, uh, every uh, goal every goal per 90 minutes of 0 0.33, which means one in, he's basically a one in three record every time he plays uh, plays a full 90 minutes, which is which is interesting if that's aggregated up, obviously, from the amount of minutes that he's played. But when we look at the situation he's got here, he likes to shoot. He shoots three shots per per um, per 90 minutes, which puts him in the top, uh, nearly in the top uh, 20 percent, the top 80 percent, should I say, of uh, of strikers in the Premier League. 40 percent of those are signed out in the Premier League in the top five leagues in Europe. 40 percent of those goes and go on target. He is a bit goal shy for the amount of shots he takes. He does like to shoot. Uh, I'm not going to say a shoot on side policy, but we will see he's no stranger to having a crack and backing himself to, to score from um from outside the box, and we look at a great example that he had when he played with Hertha Berlin um, uh, a couple of years ago. And this is one thing I will say with this guy because time at 
Um, because time at Atletico Madrid has been hard to come by, specifically 90-minute games, I did look back at his career because this guy is all about potential. It's all potential with this guy. Stuff he's put on paper, you can see real good flashes, but he's not one of these people that we can look at and say, yes, he's really got a track record of scoring double-digit goals a season because he doesn't. And the reason that he doesn't have that is because he's a young player who's been utilised in spot situations and has shown that really good potential. And he's never really gotten that full apart from being at Hertha Berlin he's never really gotten that full um run of games that some that strikers need and we all know that strikers need that to kind of get into get into a rhythm um but uh yeah so we can see that there he shoots on target what one of the biggest things about him is he's got an amazing um propensity to create shooting actions for either himself or for other players so that stems from the fact that he does play in that kind of drop-off striker type role uh the one that kind of hangs back um and lets uh, and leaves somebody kind of I'm not going to say lead the line, but you know, when you've got that staggered striker effect, I'm really struggling to figure to remember what the name of it is. And it's it's the easiest name in the world. And I can't remember what it is. Um, but you know the type the only position I'm talking about there. And his actions, the actions that he makes with the ball at his feet, um uh result in goals at a 0.48 uh uh clap per 90 minutes both of those putting him right up in the upper echelons of strikers within the the top five leagues in europe so he's a real creator of the ball this guy is he takes uh for a striker he is 18.45 pass attempts 71.9 percent uh pass completion rate which isn't really anything to write write home about but what he does creates shots and it creates goals and what we need within our strike force at the moment is creativity we don't have it our strikers need to either do something out of the, out of the ordinary you've heard me talk in this podcast before about our, our um reliance and, and counter-attacking ability if we've got strikers if we've got players where the ball is played into them and they can create chances themselves or create chances for other people as opposed to having to always be on the break well then that's a benefit for us as well and we're going to look at a situation here whereby this guy uses his real dainty uh, good feet to get out of a situation while playing for uh, Atletico Madrid and to lay a beautiful pass onto a, onto um, uh, an onrushing an onrushing forward. He's not greedy. He takes a lot of shots, but he's not greedy. He backs himself to shoot from quite crazy angles. You could say that's the frivolity of youth. I don't know, but it's something. <coughs> it's something that um, I suppose bears looking at um, when we do uh, go to study this uh, this player in more depth. Looking at his uh, at, at what he would bring as well from, from a possession-based uh, point of view, he completes a decent amount of dribbles, but he is one of the best dribbling, dribbling forwards in the whole entire of Europe. You know, top five European leagues, he dribbles, he's got a dribble success rate of 67.9%, which is absolutely amazing. That's better than the majority of wingers out there as well. He is... Um, I can't remember. Is he the best or is he the second best? I think potentially of um, uh, uh, striker uh, with the ball at his feet in, in Europe, based on uh, on statistics over the last three hundred and sixty five days. So it's definitely a strength of his, and you can see it with regards to how good he is with his feet. And yes, Kahuna has popped in there as well. Shadow striker, uh, or it's more sort of shadow striker as opposed to the to, to the three quarter Easter. Um, and that's where he plays. He does drop off and he plays very, very he plays centrally an awful lot. Um, albeit, I don't know, is there a striker that really holds their centre anymore? I don't think you can do that as a, a as a full-time striker. And when people do, they almost play themselves out of the game. He is going to go wide, as you can see, by his, by his uh, heat map. But, you know, he is somebody who drops deep and, and gets onto that as well. And gets onto balls from there as well. He's rarely dispossessed. And look as well, I want to, I want to highlight the ball recoveries that he has. If you look at our radial graph there, 
it's one of the biggest things that I think we we compliment the likes of Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings for is their industry around the field, how they like to get into defensive positions high up the field, how the, how uh, they can implement the high press, specifically in Ollie Watkins type. But what we would see there between the three of these strikers, Ali Watkins would have the worst ball recoveries. Now, that's not to say that he's not pressing at a high level. He absolutely is. All you need is a pair of eyes to be able to see that. But Mateus Cunha recovers the ball at one of the best rates in the whole lot of Europe. And for as we know, Unai Emery is going to want a high press. He's going to want us to be able to, to, to do that, to, to allow our midfield to, to, to get back into position and specifically allow our fullbacks to get back into position as well. So if you've got a striker who can occupy centre halves, who can occupy that ground and make sure that this... Um, and I suppose really just just you know to, to to be an honest player, you know, and not just be one of these people who's only there to, to put the ball in the back of the net, that can be beneficial as well. Albeit I do want to say I do have some concerns about his goal scoring record as well, but I think that that's not a news to anybody else. Um so taking a look here at some uh, at uh, some of the, the the games that I've watched and some of the pieces that I've seen of him I think that this guy would fit in pretty well in a front two I think he would fit in in the Premier League ideally he's in and around the same height as Ali Watkins and and um Danny Ings I don't have it here and why don't I have it here oh I do have it here what I wanted to bring attention to is the Ariel Jewels one I'm not a big fan of that he's one of the worst people at winning the ball in the air uh, in the top five leagues in Europe. And look, it would be remiss of me to sit here and say, okay, that's fine. We can play around that. When I've just done videos on Marcus Turam and Ver, uh, and Vedat Mariki as well, saying that one of their big strengths is they can win the ball in the air and that's something we need. I very much think that is something we need. And maybe, you know, as I say, if you could get two strikers in or two two attacking players in, I think that Unai Emery would, would probably want two attackers in, whether he gets both of them in in January. But somebody with great feet like this to complement maybe a Leon Bailey on one side uh, and then also a battering ramp to come in uh, might be beneficial. But once again, you know, styles make fights. And I don't know what Unai Emery wants at this point in time, albeit that he has always had a bigger bodied striker, um, as, specifically at, at Villarreal, where he's played that 4 uh, formation. So that's all I'm really going on with regards to this one. But Mateus Cunha obviously has his positives. Um, and uh, we're going to look at some at some situations here. Um, so let's take a little look here. So I, I want to show a situation here whereby he sets up in, in a front two. And I think that this is where he would be utilised. For Atletico Madrid, he's, he's here and he's playing in a front two. Both strikers are, I'm going to call them diminutive for the point of they're both in around six foot. But watch, watch the position that both strikers have here. And I think Aston Villa don't utilise this enough because I think Ali Watkins gets drawn to defenders and doesn't attack these spaces that we see here. And that's one of the natural striking uh, the natural um, instincts, I think, that he... I'm not going to say he's missing, but he needs to learn. And what we can see here is that we can obviously see here that two defenders seem to be converging on Cunha here at the moment. He's fully aware of it. The ball is picked up by, by the midfielder here. And what the midfielder does is kind of plays everybody for fools. Off screen here, there's a fella absolutely scampering down the wing. And the midfielder sees it and plays an absolute Hail Mary beauty of a ball onto his toe on this left-hand side. But what I want to show you is the starting position here that Cunha is here. He sets up as part of a front two on the shoulder. The ball gets swung out, to the, out wide to the left flank. And what we can see here is that the two defenders still try to keep uh, keep pace with, with Cunha. So his he's, he's burst of pace on the turn leaves 
both defenders for dead here. And and he's in a position here which I which I like. Now, I don't know whether he's thinking about getting into this position. So I'm not going to start saying that this is beautiful and how he's intelligent and everything like this. But the position he does get into here leaves him with an awful lot of options because we can see here he hasn't overrun the ball, which is really important. And sometimes we see that from, from Aston Villa strikers. They end up in the back of the net as the ball is crossed in because they've overrun the ball. Now, we know Aston Villa like to cut the ball back to the penalty area here, and that's why he's positioning here. Um, and he's actually he's not busting a gut at this stage. He's actually waiting for the ball to be to be played in when you watch it on video. So the, the, the left winger has the ball here, and he plays a lovely ball across the box where the arrow is there. But where Cunha is here, he's, give, he's given himself the perfect position there. There's no defender that's going to be able to stop him if that ball gets, back to the, gets cut back to the penalty area here. So he has options to go to the penalty area. I think he probably even has an option to get in front of the of the, the defender that's in, directly in front of him. But what happens is that ball is played across. It's a beauty of a ball in. I don't know if I've got it here. I do. And we can see the ball comes across and Cunha finds it at the back post and bundles it into the back of the net. Not the, not the best strike that you'll ever see, but who cares as long as they go in. Our strikers miss those more often than not. They don't get in the end of them or they've overrun the ball and they end up in the back of the net and the ball runs across the goals. It's very frustrating for me for a team to, to cross the ball because what we've seen is we've seen this time and time again. And then what happens is when Steven Gerrard did it, in fairness, it was one of the few good things he did. He started saying, OK, to stop us from overrunning the ball, let's overload the edge of the area with, with attacking midfielders, get the ball to the penalty area and try and get shots in there. And that's where we saw Coutinho show up at the, in the last season an awful lot sometimes at the start of this season, but it's where we've seen Jacob Ramsey get an awful lot of uh, um, awful lot of uh, of uh, good good positions from his his balls like that. So I think it is it's important to kind of see how that kind of metastasizes with regards to Aston Villa playing. Look and see how these other teams have played, and you know we always see that. Um, we always see uh, this, uh, that, that this pops up here from time to time, that, that Ludinho pops up in this position. Sorry, I'm just a small little bit. Um, I'm a small bit. Uh, yes, Villa Reporter actually just reporting this now. So um, that's why I was a small little bit caught off guard there. And they said that first contacts have been made between the player and the club. So maybe there might be more in this than, than we thought. So with that in mind, let's go forward to one of the next little slides that I have uh, made up. Um, and here we go. So versus Dortmund, he picks up the ball from a misplaced header. So this ball was played through. It was, it was a misplaced header from one of the center halves. Uh, came out to him here and he picks it up. The ball actually drops to him in this position. He hasn't had a chance to run onto it or anything. So he needs to get it out from his feet. Um, the option here, I think everyone would agree, would be to go wide to the onrushing, uh, onrushing uh, winger. But what he does here is really interesting. And remember when I mentioned that he shoots, it's not exactly a shoot on site policy, but he backs himself to shoot. So what he does here is he digs the ball out from under his feet. The ball only goes about a yard or two. And the absolute thunderbolt he unleashes from here goes straight into the back of the net. But the big thing here is his backlift, the movement that he has, uh, has to get to the ball. It's all natural. And it's a situation whereby his... Um, uh, he gets it out of his feet. Ideally, he would have liked to have got it maybe half a foot a foot uh, further forward so he could have a right swing at it. But what he does here is he takes a pot shot and ends up, oh, you can't really see it here from this one, um, but it's a very, very blurry screenshot. But believe me, it ends up right in the top corner, top right-hand corner. And I thought it was a fantastic, a fantastic finish. 
I'd love to be able to show you guys videos, but I just can't. I've got I've I've already gotten a strike um for copyright infringement for something I don't even know what it was, so I don't want to test the waters and get another one. So I do apologize about that. Um so another one here is here's an example of how he comes deep, and I've not uh, highlighted him here. So I'm uh, so you'll see in, there beside the goalkeeper, he's got the ball. I don't know why I've got my my cursor over there uh, in the middle of nowhere. I do apologize. So he picks up the ball in the middle of the center circle, and what he needs to do here is he needs to skip away from these players, and he knows he he's he's surrounded by four players here essentially. So he's the second of those two. Um, uh, Atletico Madrid players uh, that are in and around that part of the circle. The referee is looking at him there. Great feet. He skips in between those two those two players and immediately gets turned. And this is what I love to see uh, with, with wingers or with strikers is that kind of that dexterity of how you can move and turn the corner at the same time. That bendability, that flexibility that players have. Not everybody has it. Uh, absolutely not everybody has it. And to be able to get low to the ground and turn while running is an absolute, it's a God-given skill, you just—it's very difficult to teach. But what happens in this instance here? It's 89, 89 minutes, forty-five seconds here. Atletico Madrid are three nil up, three one up against Al Maria. And what happens is he's looking to get space through the center. So when we when we move this on here, three seconds later, he's gotten the ball out of his feet. He's left the two defenders for dead. He's bearing down on goal, and somebody has come across here to um to attack him. And it was absolutely brilliant feat to allow him to get out of that space, gain gain that ex, those extra few yards. But what he does here is he gets his head up. The ideal ball that we would play here, and this is a positive and a negative for this player as well, believe me. The ideal ball for him to play here is just to slide it into the absolute cavern that's open in front of him to get it out to the guy in the right wing. But what he does is he absolutely flat foots both defenders and he plays it in between the two narrow defenders where that arrow is to the guy in the left-hand side who takes the, takes the touch across the defender. Defender can't touch him and slots it into the back of the net. It was a pass that I don't think like it's one of those passes you don't see because it's one of those passes that you're taught not to play almost, but he plays it and he plays it really well and they end up getting a goal out of it, you know? So that vision, that creativity is something that I'd like to see. I'm sure his manager congratulated him afterwards. I'm sure in the video study, they went percentage ball here is the one through the absolute, you know, the, the motorway down the middle that's there. So, you know, in future play the percentage ball there as opposed to getting it out. But uh, look, it worked, and uh, I'm sure if I was to watch for long enough, I could find three or four examples of where that doesn't work. But when it works, it looks really good, and to have that vision and that confidence to be able to play it is is quite beneficial as well. So that is my study on Mateus Cunha. Whether he comes to Aston Villa or not, I don't know. Whether the links are true, I don't know. He's a really interesting player, all the potential in the world, very highly thought of in the football footballing fraternity, and he's somebody that um that uh, hasn't fully reached his potential yet and namely the reason being is because he backed himself to go to Atletico Madrid he had he had uh striking options in front of him and uh, as we know Diego Simeone doesn't exactly play the most attacking type of football maybe he's looking for for um for an opportunity to move on who knows but uh he's definitely somebody that that can is is, is very good at, at keeping the ball and um, specifically when it's played to him on the ground not so good in the air he's got a great pat, great eye for a pass and as i say um he's not afraid to take a shot from far out as well obviously the brazilian coming out in him there where he backs himself to score from every single angle on the field so i hope you guys have enjoyed that couple of comments there as well 
Um, yes, Damien says, interesting use of the word metastasizing there, Neil. I think I used it in the correct uh, in the correct um, format, but I, I'm not sure. I'm always open um, open to correction on that. I do like to, to use the full um, dictionary of words as to when I can. But um, as Peter, Peter says here, he's a player that has been expected to be brilliant, but if you look at his goal record, it's quite poor, which puts me off a bit. He's had very few 90-minute spells. Uh, on average, he's, he's played 36 minutes per game uh, this season. He's somebody who's coming off the bench an awful lot, who, who the the word knows has potential, but I think he's one of these players that needs to start playing 90 minutes. And um, that's the reason why his goal record isn't actually even that poor. It's one in three record when he does uh, across, if you aggregate out the minutes to the goal scored. So it's, it's yes, it looks poor on paper. When you look at that, when you say 11 games or 12 games this season and no goals, but a lot of those games were coming off the bench. And I think that that's context as well. Uh, obviously he doesn't score enough goals, but then again, the, the, the opportunity for him to, um, uh, it's uh, the uh, the opportunity for him to score goals is uh, is, is hopefully going to be there when he st- does get get ninety does get ninety minutes under under his belt um, on a, 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 a greater clip I suppose with a, with a club that knows how to u- utilize it. So that's going to do it for me today, guys. Uh, thank you so much to everybody for joining. I really appreciate it. Give us a thumbs up and give us a um, a like. Give us a subscription if you do like that. Hopefully, we start to see more names come through, and as we do, I will do more videos. So thank you so much for joining. And until next time, stay stay, stay safe, stay healthy. And all I have to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.